Drinks, food, art, fun. This is Hops and Spirits, Kentucky. Is it just me or is your week busy and wild and crazy as well? Had an open house for my kid uh, the other day. And let me just tell you, I was overwhelmed. Uh, I hope your week, though, is a lot smoother and going well. We got a great episode for you uh, here as well as we head to Lexington for the Crave Food and Music Festival happening at the end of the month. It's a fun one that I've always gone to and enjoyed. But before that, what's pouring some news and notes around Kentucky? A new foodie week is taking over Louisville Monday, August 21st through Sunday, August 27th. Wing Week, made by the creators of Burger Week there, will feature $7 wings from over 10 restaurants and utilize the same app check-in system to collect points for prizes. Also in Louisville, some restaurant openings. Coco and Ray Caribbean Kitchen is opening in the Highlands. Uh, 1511 Bardstown Road. The fast casual restaurant, which is painted bright blue, is slated to begin welcoming customers this Friday, August 18th. The menu includes traditional Jamaican dishes like jerk chicken and American staple fusions like an oxtail grilled cheese sandwich. Bandit's Pizza is now serving up five kinds of pies at the Village Market Food Hall seven days a week in Town. The new restaurant specializes in flatbread meets Neapolitan crust and shares the same owner as Bun's Burgers, which is also in the food hall. Molson Coors Beverage Company, the country's second largest beer company, has reached an agreement to acquire Blue Run Spirits, the Georgetown, Kentucky-based producer of bourbons and whiskeys. The deal represents another step in Molson Coors' evolution as a total beverage company while providing Blue Run with resources to continue its growth. Blue Run recently unveiled the first look of its new $51 million distillery slated to open in 2025 next to Country Boy Brewing there in Georgetown. Uh, Coming along for the venture is Blue Run's co-founder and CEO, Mike Montgomery, who will uh, maintain his role at this distillery as well as join Coors Spirits Co. as its vice president. And the University of Kentucky's James the University of Kentucky's James B. Beam Institute for Kentucky Spirits, that's a mouthful, officially opened its doors earlier this month, elevating the institute's impact on research, workforce development, education, and outreach. Since 2019, the institute has served as the industry's research and development vehicle pursuing its mission to ensure the welfare and prosperity of Kentucky's spirits industry. Through teaching, research, and outreach, the Institute promotes economic sustainability, environmental stewardship, and responsible consumption. The new UK campus facilities include a research distillery building with a 30-foot column still as the centerpiece, and the Independence Dave Company, Boswell Family Barrel Warehouse. The maturation facility allows the Beam Institute to experiment with barrel aging spirits produced in its research distillery. It's pretty cool to see. Up next is our Q&A with the folks behind the Crave Food and Music Festival. We chat with Chris Eddy, publisher from Smiley Pete, to see what's happening this year. Enjoy. Remember to check out Hops and Spirits on social media at Hop Spirits, all one word, on Instagram, TikTok, Facebook, and Twitter. You can also find Hops and Spirits on YouTube and at hopspirits.com. Joining us for our Q&A this week, he's technically the publisher for Smiley Pete Publishing, but they do more than just put out magazines. they got a cool event coming up here in just a little bit, and that's the Crave Food and Music Festival in Lexington. Let's welcome in Chris Eddy. Hey, Jonathan. Thanks for having me. Well, I appreciate you taking the time, and, and Crave is one of those events I always look forward to, and we'll be talking about it and all the other kind of fun things that you guys do. But before that, I call this the Cliff Notes uh, version. Tell us a little bit about yourself, not too much, because like I said, I've got some good questions to ask. Well, about myself, so I'm, I'm, I've been in uh, Lexington for over 30 years. I uh, came here to UK, and uh, I never left. Um, uh, 
26 years ago, uh, my partner Chuck Creasy and I, we started uh, Chevy Chaser Magazine, which was the beginning of what is now Smiley Pete Publishing. And over the, over the years, we evolved into other publications, other uh, festivals, and other types of food weeks, and other, uh, other style events. Well, I was going to say, it seems like you guys do a, a little bit of everything. And how did Smiley Pete get a start? Was it just that magazine you guys wanted to put out something for, for that neighborhood and that, that part of town? Uh, like, is that just as simple as it was? Uh, pretty much. Uh, I was fresh out of college, uh, you know, didn't have a dime to my name. And uh, <laughs> Chuck and I were, were, were friends and roommates, and we both had uh, these these media educations. And the you know, job market wasn't great. And we said, well, you know, what if? What if, you know, we just started a publication, not knowing what that meant, you know, and what if we just start this publication for the neighborhood and see how it goes, see how it goes. And, you know, with a couple hundred bucks, we, we walked around all the local businesses and, and we, we took a, an ACE magazine and we, we mocked up a cover and, and like taped it to the front of it and walked around to, to different, uh, different businesses and said, Hey, here's the idea. We're going to do this publication for the neighborhood. It's going to go to all these homes right around your business. And we just said, hey, can you give us some money? <laughs> <You know. laughs> we'll make you an ad. Give us some money. And so we, you know, we walked around to a bunch of places, talked to a lot of different business owners and, you know, had a you know, handful of checks that we took to the bank and just enough to print our, our first uh, Chevy Chaser, which we hand delivered to 12,000 homes uh, ourselves and our, our girlfriends, later our wives took about a week and just walked them to 12,000 homes. And uh, obviously that wasn't sustainable long-term, but it got us started. Well, I was going to say, and since then you've, you've clearly grown to a couple other uh, publications and, and I'm guessing that was just as time went along, you saw the need for first spots that may, may be missing out on things. Sure. So, so uh, about ooh, 21, 22 years ago, we saw the South side of town and Hamburg area were both growing. And we kind of looked at those two areas and uh, we chose the South side to start a, a another publication that's very similar in nature to what we did with Chevy Chaser, but that, that you know, highlighted that end of town. And so as that area grew up and filled in and eventually matured, uh, so, did the, so did the publication. Um, I think uh, four years after that, we started Business Lexington because we kept hearing from people in the business community that, hey, you know, there's not a lot of business coverage in this town. Uh, so it would be great, you know, if there was a business journal like they have in Louisville and Cincinnati and, and Nashville and Knoxville. And so we said, well, why not? We can do that. <laughs> so uh, <laughs> instead of spending, you know, tens of thousands of dollars on a, you know, a feasibility study, we drank beer for three hours and talked about it and said, okay, we're going to do it. And so the process was basically the same. We just went along, around to a lot of business leaders in town and said, here, this is our idea. This is what we want to accomplish. You know, can we count on you to support us through advertising? And, uh, you know, the answer was yes. And so, you know, we've been doing that for, oh boy, you know, a long time now, <laughs> 18 years <laughs> like that. Um, you know, then that kind of led us into more of the events world. Um, in in our industry, a lot of public uh, publishing companies, local publishing companies, have gotten into the events world. And um, 
part of that reason is that they're very expensive to launch. Um, so your first few years of, of any significant um, uh, event, especially something like a festival, there's a whole lot of upfront cost. And one of those, the biggest costs of that is marketing. And uh, so we, you know, we said, well, we have this marketing platform, we have this media company, so we've got a head start on that end. One of the largest expenses we can we can cover some of that ourselves. Now, for something like Crave, I mean, we buy television, radio, billboards, digital, social, uh, postering, postcard. I mean, we do it all, uh, direct mail. But it helped us kind of get our toe in the door, and we. And we the only way I've ever known how to do anything is to do it the hard way. Learn by, learn by doing. <laughs> so I guess 11 years ago, we said, Hey, we want to start, we, we want to start doing some events. And, and the idea at the time was let's stick our toe in the water. Let's do something small just as a proof of concept. So we hired, uh, Robbie Morgan and she, she became our events coordinator. And, and she came to us with this idea, like, Hey, what, what about a, food and music festival. We're like, hey, cool, that's right in our wheelhouse uh, of the things that we cover editorially. But it wasn't a stick your toe in the water. You know, <laughs> it was a full-blown festival. And um, so, but we did it. We started out at um, Moondance Amphitheater in Beaumont. Uh, we were there for two years. And then the second year, I remember walking through and thinking if there was one more person here, it would be dangerous. There were just so many people. And this was back when Moondance encompassed like a big portion of that block. It's much smaller now because there's hotels and it's been built up around it. Uh, so we moved out to Masterson Station the next year. Uh, and that was, a, that was a good move because it, you know we went from a, a couple of acres to about uh, seven acres. And uh, so that really gave us the room to spread out, to bring in more food vendors, to bring in more activities, a bigger stage, uh, larger music acts, all of that sort of thing. Well, I, I was going to say, I mean, it's one thing to be able to, to put on, to want to dip your toe in and put on events, but it's another to kind of successfully do that and continue to, to do that. Was it? Was that the hope uh, when, when you were doing some of these, that these would be annual things that people would always be looking forward to? And, and did you expect it to go as smooth as, well, as, smooth as it looks to us <laughs> anyway? <laughs> well, the answer is yes. We did want it to become an annual event. Um, you know, the, the first year, you could, as you might imagine, we went in, we, you know, we did any kind of homework we could do, but we were all brand new to the events world. And, uh, so we did a lot of things right. We did a lot of things wrong. Um, thankfully, in our first year, we, we had a good turnout. We didn't lose money. We did a lot of things wrong, but none of them were sort of deal breakers, if that makes <laughs> sense. Uh, so next year, you know, came along and we refined. And to this day, it's a process of refine a little bit, refine, refine, refine. This works. This didn't work quite the way we wanted it, so we're going to focus over here instead. So we each year we try and bring in some, some new things that you know will will make it a more interesting festival for people to attend. And um, each year we try to refine and refine and refine so that we're as efficient as possible and putting all of our effort into the to the things that make the festival uh, fun to attend for for uh, for everybody who comes out. 
Well, and and obviously Crave has has been great. It's coming up on the 26th and 27th uh, of this month, and it's one that, like you said, it's kind of built and grown over over time. You're celebrating 10 years. What's it like to be celebrating 10 years of this thing? <laughs> well, you know, it would have been 11th, 11 if we hadn't, uh, you know, had COVID where we had to take a year off. But uh, it, you know, it's a it's a it's a a great milestone for us, and and also I think we're going we're trying to pull out some new interesting uh, things for for people, some little surprises that they might not have seen in previous years. Uh, probably won't talk about all of them today because I do want some of them to be surprises, but uh, we're we're just trying to uh, make it a little extra special this year. Well, and like you said, there there's plenty going on there. Um, obviously, the big part of it is that food aspect, and I've I've gone every, I think almost every year since we've we we've lived here. I think that's like six seven years now um, since the you know with the amount of events that you guys have been able to put on. Uh, how many food vendors are going to be this year, and is it folks that people are used to? Maybe some new faces. How does that work out? So uh, it, I think we're about 40 right now, um, all local food vendors. Uh, we, we have a lot of um, we have a lot of food trucks. We have a lot of brick and mortars. We have a lot of ethnic restaurants. Uh, we have um, this year we have a couple of interesting new things. We have uh, Jack Brown's Burger Bar that just opened up a few months back downtown. Uh, I'm really excited about uh uh, Cardera, Cardera's, sorry, Colombian restaurant. So they're going to be bringing out some Colombian food. Um, we have New Health Kitchen coming out. They uh, were the winners of the best burger in Lexington Burger Week uh, a month or two back. Uh, we've got a place called Ruckles coming in for the first time. They're serving fried frog legs, so I'm really excited about Ooh. that. <laughs> they came to us and they said, do you think fried frog legs would go over? I said, just do it for me. I don't care. Like, Whatever you're comfortable with bringing, but I'm going to come eat some. Uh, we have Miami Vice, uh, which is a uh, barbecue uh, team. They don't. They do not have a brick and mortar. They're a charity-based barbecue team. Uh, they came to our barbecue fest a few uh, months ago, and man, their their food's awesome. And uh, Wynn, who's actually my next door neighbor, uh, they make he makes the most amazing grits. So he does these grit bowls, but they put cream cheese in the grits, and they're just incredible. Um, so I'm really looking forward to them uh, coming out again. Uh, we've got uh, – uh, so this year on our, our beer selection, in the past we've worked with a, a lot of national companies on the beer side. This uh, year we decided to go all local craft. So – that's a big difference. Um, that's something we also did at our barbecue fest a few months ago for the first time. And it worked great. Um, I think people uh, really enjoyed having those options. It gave them opportunity to try some things maybe they hadn't tried before. Uh, this year we have uh, beers and ciders from uh, Monic. Uh, let's see here. Mirror Twin, Scout and Scholar, Blue Stallion, Goodwood, and Wisebird Cider. So it's uh, it's kind of like some of the more the little guys, and uh, it's uh, it's going to be a lot of fun. We got a lot of, uh, I and mean, we have every, we have lagers, we have pale ales, we have Belgian blondes, we have uh, Mexican lager, we have different types of cider, uh, we have a sour, 
and an IPA. So like it's a, it's a real broad mix of, of op, uh, options on the beer side. I was going to say it's a, it's a nice mix of, of everything. And I think too, what I, I've also enjoyed about Crave is, is how you can get those little samples up to the bigger portions and how will the pricing options go this year? Cause I know back at the start, it was kind of one, two, three, but unfortunately food, food costs and, every, and everything else oh, yeah. makes that I'm sure a little, a little more difficult for folks. So, um, so, when we originally started, we had a $1 taste, a $3 taste, and a $5 taste. And then we changed that to 2 3 and 5 And then last year, because of exactly the things you were saying, food costs have gone through the roof and restaurants are having you know, a harder time on some of that, we said, okay, everyone has to have a $5 small plate. And after that, you can sell whatever you'd like at whatever price point you would like. This year, we've got, we heard from a lot of people like, we really like that small plate thing. So this year, the options are $3, $5, and then anything they want. So you can go and try 20 different things for 3 bucks a pop. Or you can say, you know what? That looks really good. That Colombian plate, I'm going to spend $15, and just that's going to be my dinner. <laughs> uh, so uh, the sampling is uh, we've sort of rejuvenated the sampling angle this year. That, that's exciting and something I think uh, folks will, will enjoy. And you also do other things and in, in, staying in the food world, though, you have the kitchen stage. Um, right. What can folks expect this time around on, on that? Um, we've got, let me see, I'm going to bring this up so that I can. Okay. So once again, uh, our Crave Kitchen stage will be hosted uh, by Jason Smith. He's a uh, Food Network star. He's got the best baker in America uh, show. So we've got a full lineup. So on Saturday, we've got a, uh, Murray's cheese, charcuterie and bourbon pairing. Uh, we have Jason Smith is going to be doing a cooking with spirits demo. He's going to, uh, I'm sorry. Black soil is going to host a seasonal CSA cooking. Uh, we're going to do the crave home chef cook off. And that's the first time we've done that. So essentially we sent out and said, Hey, home chefs, uh, do a video of you cooking something, send them into us. And we're going to do this, you know, chopped style competition, uh, on the crave stage. So we've, um, uh, we've gotten that taken care of. So, uh, we have another, uh, cooking demonstration with Jason on Saturday, and then he's doing a meet and greet and book signing in the evening on Sunday, we have a mimosa brunch. Uh, that is going to be hosted by America's best baker winner, Jackie Joseph and Kroger wine and spirits, Chris Blanford. He's their executive bourbon steward. Black soil is going to do a Kentucky soulful Sunday supper on Sunday. And that should be a lot of fun. Uh, another cooking demo with Jason Smith. And then at 4 PM, we're going to do the Lexington burger week burger battle. So we're going to take some of our, our, top uh voted upon burgers from burger week and we're going to bring all those chefs out and they're going to battle out battle it out uh and then we'll have a, a a judging and see who wins there that one's always fun we've done that a few times in the past and then there's another uh meet and greet with jason so it's a it's it's a full full lineup uh on the kitchen stage this year 
Well, and, and then in addition to that, obviously what goes well with, with food is some, some, some booze as well. And I think you got a cool, cool thing going on there with the uh, bourbon tasting and barrel pick on Saturday. Is that right? Yes. And actually that hasn't been updated on the website and that's why I missed it. Uh, that'll be updated <laughs> today. So, uh, uh, Bernie Lovers, who is the master distiller and brand ambassador at Heaven Hill Distilleries, uh, will be uh, working with Jason Smith and uh, Mark from Kroger, and it's going to be a lot of fun. I, I've listened to Bernie last year. He He's a showman. He puts on a great show. Uh, there's going to be uh, tastings of a um, Elijah Craig barrel pick that will that everybody there will get to vote on the barrel pick and they will bottle it, uh, as a crave barrel pick and will be available in Kroger wine and spirits next year. Uh, so that's going to be a lot of fun. So you'll, you'll be able to help pick that barrel in addition to doing a tasting, which is going to be a lot of fun. Well, I was going to say that those, those opportunities don't come <laughs> across uh, too often for, for uh, bourbon lovers, if they, they want a chance at that. And then, you know, it's called the Cray Food and Music Festival and 10 years uh, of music. I'm guessing some fun there as well. Oh, yeah. We've got lots of music. Let's see here. We've got uh, Jocelyn and the Sweet Compression. Uh, I don't know if you ever heard them, but they're a lot of fun. Uh, she's a fantastic singer. Uh, they've been, we, we've had them play at our bar, uh, barbecue fest a few years ago. They're doing great. They're touring nationally. Um, they're really killing it. So we're bringing them back. Uh, we have uh, B. Taylor, uh, who played at Crave last year, and she was so great we wanted to have her back. Um, I believe she's from Nashville. We have uh, uh, local guys, Ten uh, Foot Pole. Back in the old, old prehistoric days when I was in college, they were they were one of the biggest bands in town, and they always put on a fantastic show. Uh, we have Ernie Johnson from Detroit, who are actually from Cincinnati. They've played about four or five years ago, fantastic show, the Jesse Lees, um, kind of funk, corn-based rock and roll, uh, big, uh, uh, energetic performers. Uh, we have uh, WFR, uh, sorry, WRFL uh, is one of our sponsors, and they wanted us to bring in a band called Doom Gong from Louisville, and they're, they're, they're different. <laughs> so you're going to get a wide variety, right? <laughs> yeah, a wide variety. We have the uh, New Beckham County Ramblers, the Big Maracas that always pull the big crowd locally. Uh, another old school, uh, great band, Club Dub. We have Divine Karama and Frigid Kitty. So it's a it's a it's a it's a busy lineup. It's going to be a lot of fun. Well, and I think that's what's cool is there's something there for, for everyone, and that's kind of what the festival is in general. And like I said, while food and music and some drinks will be fo the focal point, you know, kids will be there. My daughter loves going there and being in the kids' kids zone and doing other things. So there's plenty to, to do for the whole family, too. So we, uh, in addition to the food and music, which are sort of the big stars of the show, uh, we, have a, uh, we have a car show. We usually have... Uh, well over 100 car uh, classic and modern cars come out for that. Uh, we have cornhole, uh, cornhole tournaments. We have a lot of stuff for kids. Uh, Live Green Lexington puts up a big tent and it has uh, uh, all kinds of activities for kids. We have bouncy houses. Um, the Living Arts and Science Center was, is going to bring out their mobile planetarium for the first time. 
So that should be a lot of fun. Um, yeah, there's there, there's there's a whole lot of things to do. Uh, a lot of reasons to hang out, to have some great food, drink a, 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 a maybe a craft beer, a local craft beer you haven't had before. Or uh, we also have a, a whole line of cocktails, uh, which obviously plays into our discussion here. But um, there's a lot there's a lot of things to do. It'll keep you, it'll keep you busy for four or five hours easy. Well, and, and like you said, it's two days too, so you can come one day, both days, and 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 what are the ticket options for for folks out there, and how does that work? So, um, so there's if you go to CraveLexington.com, uh, there are a lot of different options. You can buy uh, if if you buy the presale passes, uh, you get uh, significant discounts. So you can buy them. Everything is uh, paid for via an app or an online. Uh, web app and so you just kind of walk up to the vendor and beep you know and move on and and the, so that was something that we really implemented during uh, the late stages of, of COVID where people were wanting more and more of a hands-off approach so we went from a paper ticket approach to a to an app and so you can buy everything on the app uh, you can also uh, if you're not if you don't want to do it that way you can come to the festival you can pay cash or card at the gate and you can buy uh, basically a QR code with a preloaded amount on it that you can take to any of the vendors. Um, our bars take cash credit and uh, the app, but all of the food vendors uh, only take the app. So it's a little, you know, slightly convoluted, but it's not difficult. I was going to say it, it worked out. My wife and I were able to, sh to share kind of that QR code and I'd go one way. She'd go another way. We'd meet back up with some different foods, foods to sample. And it, it was pre pretty straightforward. And, and I, I like it too, because, um, you guys also kind of give some options on if you got a family or, or group going, how right. much you're probably going to spend and how much you need to buy as well. Right. So we have different options, packages. You don't have to buy a package, but you can, uh, it just sort of it's sort of our suggestion about you know if you're going to go and you're going to really eat and you're going to drink i would recommend this package if you're going with kids you're not really going to drink how about this package over here and so we so we built out some packages that include some like i said significant uh discounts if you if you pre-purchase them online uh come day of it's dollar for dollar and and full price admission at the gate well, and obviously this is year 10, so if folks have gone in the past, um, what reason should they come back? Obviously there's going to be some good food and good music and good times, but what's the reason maybe if they hadn't gone in a year or two they should come back? Well, I would say, um, one, I think we've got, and I already mentioned some of these, some really cool new food options this year. Um, all of those, like any of those five or so that I mentioned, would be enough reason for me to go alone. <laughs> I also think this is going to be our best music lineup that we've ever had. Um, we're also going to have a uh, uh, Tinderbox Sideshow Circus is going to be doing uh, sideshow uh, circusy stuff between sets on uh, Saturday night. So that's going to be a lot of fun. You know, those fire breathers and sword swallowers and good stuff like that. Um, I'm a car guy. I love cars. And so that was something that we implemented very early on was the car show aspect. And, you know, cars aren't for everybody. I get that. But uh, it's it's a nice thing to just wander through and check out while you're there. Um, 
you know, people who uh, want to bring their car out, there's no, there, there's no charge to do that. You get to come in and hang out with a lot of like-minded people and, uh, you know, eat well, drink well, listen to music and talk cars. And if you're not all that into cars, just wander through and check them out. You know, it's a lot of fun. I was going to say, like, like I said, it's something that my wife and I have enjoyed and now our daughter enjoys it too. And, and, you know, that's not crave. Isn't the only thing you guys have going on. You've got some other things coming up, a few that have already wrapped up for the year, but I know you got a, I believe a, a new one, the Lexington bourbon week happening in November, anything else coming up as well. And wh what is the bourbon week? <laughs> well, so, uh, to be honest with you, we are still working on the details. Of the um, <laughs> Right now, we, we do have uh, Heaven Hill. Uh, we have a wonderful relationship with Heaven Hill, and they'll, they'll be our presenting sponsor uh, for Bourbon Week. And we're bringing on other distilleries as we speak and restaurants and bars. Now, it's going to work something like our other food week. So we do Lexington Burger Week. We do Pizza Week. We do Taco Week. We do Boutique Week. Um, so we have, we, we have sort of the, the basic outline. It's going to work like... Each restaurant or bar is going to have a, whether it's a, we're giving them a lot of leeway. Uh, it could be a craft cocktail, a bourbon-based craft cocktail. Um, it could be a glass of something unusual that they get a special shipment in for. We're going to be pairing the distilleries with the bars and restaurants so that they can do something really cool together. Um, and uh, in addition, each restaurant and bar that's participating will have an Elijah Craig uh, old fashioned. So they'll have their take on the old fashioned. So they'll have at least two drinks at each restaurant and bar. Uh, we, we are also working on some, uh, some side events that I can't really talk about yet because we haven't completely figured out, you know, we haven't put them in stone yet, but <laughs> we're, we're looking to do some, uh, really fun, uh, uh, bourbon, you know, tasting type events along with that. Uh, and unlike our, our other, uh, food weeks where it's, you know, $7 taco or $8 burger, whatever that is, um, th there will be no price point on this because we want, we, we really want the bars and the distilleries to have a lot of leeway in making something just really cool. Uh, and sometimes that's hard to do at a, you know, a certain price point. So we'd rather go for, uh, uh, the interesting and cool factor than the than the price factor on this. Well, it sounds like that that'll be be pretty cool. And you know, obviously, putting on those weeks and then something like Crave, what's the response like from the businesses that are, are a part of it? Because the, the reason I ask is obviously, folks will be like, "Oh, there's a week for everything." They're 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 not as much fun as they used to be when people are still going out and enjoying them. I know Burger Week's always something that my wife, my wife and I circle on our calendar and crave as well and some others. So clearly we're liking them. I'm guessing the, the community and businesses are too. Yeah. Um, so, you know, it was when we started, uh, the first one we ever did was burger week and we got the idea from, from, uh, some colleagues at a, at a publication in, uh, Portland, Oregon. And we were at a, a conference in, in Nashville, 2.30 a.m. in a bar, and we just started chatting, hey, what's working for you? And one of the guys said, Burger Week. I said, absolutely. I love Burger Week. I'm going to do that. What's Burger Week? You know? <laughs> and so they explained. <laughs> so, hey, we get all these restaurants together, and they do special off-menu burgers, and they do them at a low price point, and 
it's it's like insanely popular. I'm like, absolutely, I'm going to do that. And so we just rolled it out and just said, hey, we're going to do this. And I mean, the restaurant said, okay, 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 okay. And the first year we literally limited, I think we limited to 20 restaurants because we wanted to make sure that the, that the demand equaled or exceeded the supply. We didn't want to bring in 50 restaurants and it just not work. And, and they got bowled over. So the next year we added some more, they got bowled over. And the next year we added some more. And pretty soon we had like a hundred restaurants trying to get in for burger week. And then like, well, we can't do a hundred. Like, what is that critical mass? And, you know, so now we've kind of decided it's around 50 locations and that keeps everybody plenty busy. Some people get swamped. Some people, you know, there's everything from very large restaurants to very tiny restaurants. And so that seems to work really well for us. You know, in the past couple of years, we sold uh, our, our restaurants have sold over 120,000 burgers a year, you know, amongst 50 restaurants in one week. I mean, that's a lot, you know, most of those restaurants, that's their, their largest sales uh, week of the year. Uh, not all of them, but uh, over half of them, generally speaking, uh, that's their largest week of the year. So it's, you know, in general, it's, uh, you know, the servers like it because the, just the volume, the owners like it. Back of house doesn't like it as much. They're not as big a fans of, of things like Burger Week as everybody else. And, and, <laughs> and I, I, I completely understand that. Uh, you know, it's, it's a lot of work for them. Um, so as we always say, uh, tip appropriately and uh, be kind. Uh, the, the people will run out. They'll be behind. Uh, there'll be too many people. There'll be lines. The servers, servers, and uh, the back of house will be overworked. So, the main thing is uh, be be kind and and tip well. <laughs> well, and I, I think it's been a hit, and it's one that uh, you know, obviously, you guys have been able to expand upon and, and go go elsewhere. Is there another one that you have in mind? You don't have to tell me exactly, but I, I feel like you guys have kind of hit all the, the 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 right ones you got a taco pizza you know burger things like that is there like another one that you're hoping might maybe comes down the pipe at some point <laughs> so we we are um in the process and this isn't actual public information yet but our but our but our pizza week we think we're going to combine with a pizza and wing week um mm-hmm. the 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 limiting factor in a pizza week is you have to have a pizza oven Okay, so that limits you to pretty much pizza companies. Whereas something like a taco week, almost any restaurant can make a taco if they want to. So, you know, we have a limited amount of pizzas and pizzas tend to be, they're all custom by their nature. So, so we're trying to give that a little bit more zing. And so we're, there's a, I know there's a wing week that's very popular in Cincinnati. And so I think we're going to try and combine the pizza and the wings into one week. Um, We don't. I, I, I don't want to oversaturate the city with food weeks. You know, I mean, there's, there's some other, um, food weeks out there. There's chicken sandwich week, there's coffee week, there's vegan week. There's, you know, um, you know, amongst that, that's six or seven weeks a year. That's a lot, you know, and, and, and you want these to be special, you know? So we, we try to, uh, we're trying to limit that exposure so that it's not, Oh, Oh man, it's another, it's another food week, you know, 
so we're cognizant of that, and we and we and we try to make uh, uh, sure that uh, you know the restaurants and the people of Central Kentucky have something to look forward to. Well, I, I think so far you you guys have done that. Like I said, Crave is back at the end of the month, and it's one that that I'll probably be at with my wife and, and family. And uh, Chris, thank you for sharing the story of Crave, all the fun food weeks, and, and Smiley Pete as well. Well, I appreciate it. Thanks for having me. Find more from Hops and Spirits at hopspirits.com. Thanks, everybody. Bye.